following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. The gang is back together. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G's here. Sage Williams is running the show across the glass. Once again, representing the Sawhawks of Hutchinson Community College. No, the high school. High school. The Dragon. Blue oh, Dragons. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Blue Dragons are the college. You're right. You're right. My bad. Well, this one is for the high school. This one is the mm-hmm. Sawhawks. Mm-hmm. So. Salt City. Salt City, baby. I was there this weekend. For what? A wedding. Uh, I for- know which wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> was My it, niece was at the same wedding. Was yeah. it at? Um, there's a uh, so you know like the people that own Dylan's uh-huh. the grocery store. They're from Hutch. Yeah. And they used to own this big barn, like this big property, and it had a barn in the back, and they have weddings back there. It's where Mason Voth got married. Wow. Was it? Was it not there? It was not there. It Beautiful was, place. It was downtown Hutchison in a renovated spot. It's really really nice. I wish I remember the name, but. Uh, yeah, shout out to Graham and Katie getting hitched. I used, I used to uh, ring announce wrestling shows in Hutch at an old department store. Whoa. Downtown Hutch, wasn't too far from the arena. Wow. And we could stuff a couple hundred in there. Yeah, I bet, dude. Those old, like, uh, Sears, you know, like from, and JCPenney's from back in the day. Man, they were massive. You yes. can't jump off the top rope, though. <laughs> you will hit your head on either a pipe or the ceiling. Oh. Maybe a light. It was uh, the crystal ballroom at the Burt. It was really nice. Does sound fancy. Love that photo of her. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yes. Who got married? Do I know them? You don't know these two. How does Troy know them? Uh, and actually, I don't. my niece does. That was the wedding my niece went to oh. ahead of the trip on out to Arizona. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I was getting at. Well, again, welcome to the game. Going to talk some K-State hoops as we get started here, because right out of the gate, guys, we have an interview. It's with none other than from men's basketball here at K-State, the director of strategies, Kevin Sutton. Coach Sutton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Three weeks on the job. How's Manhattan so far? Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me, first and foremost. Um, Three weeks on the job, I've absolutely been enjoying it and, and loving it. We have a great staff. We go to work early and we stay late. Um, as you well know, the transfer portal is always open. It's uh, the college version of free agency. So we're <laughs> trying to you know, accumulate uh, recruits and build our, our team and getting ready for, for the summer. You know, our guys are starting to come back in, on June. And uh, so we're super excited you know, for us to all get together and be a whole staff and be a whole, a whole team. I'm sure it's all hands on deck right now with what you said with the recruiting process, still trying to find some future cats. Have you had a day off yet? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually have. Um, I'm actually in Florida um, and came home to take care of some things and in preparation for my family to, to uh, move out to, to Manhattan. And uh, so and I'll get back uh, probably on uh, the 31st and then get ready for our camps. And then, like I said, our guys come in on June 4th. So, you know, super excited. Uh, but it's a, it's a whirlwind um, since Coach Tang has taken the job and since I, I came out to Manhattan April 28th and started May 1st. We're speaking with Kevin Sutton, men's basketball director of strategies here at Kansas State. Uh, Coach, 
there's a couple of, of course, new guys. I mean, the whole staff is new, but there's a couple of new titles that I'm maybe not so much familiar with, like chief of staff. Like that, to me, is kind of a new one when it comes to a basketball staff, at least around here. And also a director of strategies. When I think of that, I think of you know a business bringing somebody in because they need somebody smarter than them to come in and help them make more money. <laughs> So on the basketball terms, could you describe what your uh, what your position is and what your what, what your job is pretty much? Okay, fantastic. Uh, well, first and foremost, I think uh, with the new the new position on staff, chief of staff, and then and, and director of strategy, what you're seeing is uh, Coach Tang's forward thinking. You know, almost to the, looking at in the NBA, you see a lot of different people that have. Uh, involvement in the, in the front office. And during Coach Tang's time at Baylor, they have put uh, 14 uh, either people into the NBA in front office positions. So, you know, Coach Tang is a out-of-the-box thinker. So with that being said, uh, Coach Bourne is our chief of staff, and, and that title is very fitting you know, for him. He has a wealth of experience at all levels, uh, high school levels, you know, he, he was very successful at, at uh, developing players like um, Greg Monroe, who was the number one player in the country, at Helen Cox. You know, and he had you know a whole host of other players that he's developed, and then also he went on to uh, Dillard, uh, you know, University down in New Orleans, and had a successful career there as a coach. And then more recently, he went to Alcorn State, where they they won the SWAC. So, you know, Coach Bourne is definitely our chief of staff, and his job is to make sure that uh, all of us are doing our job. Mm-hmm. So, and as for me, uh, the director of strategy, when Coach Tang presented this job, you know, to me, you know, I was just, uh, and, and I was like you, I was like, okay, well, what exactly does that mean? And um, it means uh, uh, that my job is going to be, you know, the advanced scout, if you will. I, I will be ahead of our team for, you know, uh, on a couple games, and, and my job is to take a funnel approach to the scouting and, and, and then narrow it down to a digestible amount of information and share that with the lead scout um, for that particular game. And then I'll continue to move forward. Also, a part of my job will, will be on a daily basis is to interact with our players. Because of the transport portal, one of the things that we want to do a great job is to make sure that we are re-recruiting our own players on a daily basis. And you're going to see more and more colleges um, go to this model. University of Virginia has a, a similar position. Uh, Texas A&M has a similar position. Um, Michael Fly, just my, my old former boss at Florida Gulf Coast, just took a similar position uh, down at, uh, at at Missouri for Dennis Gates. And then uh, being involved with the player development, uh, student development with our players is vitally important and, and will be essential to my role because of the years of experience that I have, 36 years of coaching, all of those um, experiences and, and jobs uh, that I'm just describing fit right into my wheelhouse. So the director of strategy will you know, be a part of the game planning. My job will also be a part of developing developing our player developmental program, which is essential to recruiting. Um, and, and you can just again, you know, Coach Tang's forward thinking in that regard. Baylor is at, at the foremost uh, forefront of you know college and universities um, over the last 19 years of putting players and developing players. So we're going to take the, the, the follow their model, uh, you know, having uh, a managers, you know, a plethora of managers as well as GAs that will learn from me, that you know, will learn from Coach Bourne and how we want our student-athletes to be developed. So in a nutshell, that's what uh, the director of strategy will all, all you know, be, be a, a director of strategy you know, position will be. And then during the games, I will have different responsibilities as well. 
Well, there's two things you mentioned there. I want to roll it into my next question. You mentioned your 36 years of coaching, so obviously you have, from you know, as the game has grown and has changed, you've you've certainly coached a lot of kids over your time, but also you've recruited, and now we have Marquise Noel, who you've probably grown in relationship the last three weeks, but now yeah. we've seen him in a public way do some recruiting for K State. And so have you ever in your time seen somebody like Marquise Noel kind of doing that for their team and try to do his best to build a roster? Oh, absolutely. I think it's vitally important. I mean, a player of his stature, you know, he should be a magnet. He should attract other really good players that want to come play for him, you know, come play with him, excuse me, here at, uh, at Kansas State University. You know, him and Ishmael, you know, they, they both have been fantastic since they've been on campus. And other great players, you know, they want to be, you know, they, they want to play with other great players. So those two guys should do a great job of recruiting and selling our program, you know, to other, you know, you know prospective student athletes. You know, recruiting, you know, like you said, with, you know, with my 36 years of experience and having been at all levels, um, the highest in the high school basketball, um, been at George Washington University, Georgetown University, Pittsburgh, um, Rhode Island. Um, and Florida Gulf Coast most recently, that's all levels. You know, that's the Big East, that's the ACC, um, that's Atlantic 10, uh, as well as the Atlantic Sun. Recruiting is, an, is a daily um, practice that you have to do, almost like shaving. If you don't shave, then you're going to look kind of scruffy and rough. If you don't recruit, then you're going to fall further and further behind. So it's something that is vitally important in the lifeblood of every uh, really, really successful program. And so the, the most important cog to that is how your players uh, recruit other players and how you treat those players uh, will help them, you know, be able to sell the program, if you, you know, to, to other prospective student-athletes. And we've said this before, the, the transfer portal is what it is. Um, it's, you know, the equivalent of free agency in, in, at the collegiate level. So, you know, our staff and every other staff is recruiting 365 days of the year, seven days a week. I don't know, Coach. I've been going with the scruffy look for quite some time. My girlfriend really <laughs> likes it. So I suppose for the well, important and, events, I'll and, shave once in a while. Well, you know, well, look, I, one thing that I've always prided myself on is not upsetting a happy home. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're speaking with Kevin Sutton, men's basketball director of strategies here at K-State. Now, we learned from Coach Tang during the uh, the, the pandemic, he, he learned to – he really fine-tuned his cooking, his cooking skills. K-State football has a bunch of coaches that are really good at cooking – where does your talent lie when it comes to cooking, either on the stove or on the grill, the smoker? Um, <laughs> interesting enough, uh, during the pandemic, I became uh, really good at uh, on the grill, in, and, and we were—I was in Rhode Island at the time, and so you know, my wife uh, and I we grilled out um, an, an awful lot. So I make a mean, mean, mean. You know, hamburger, steak, and hot dogs. I'm I'm pretty basic guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I don't fancy myself to to be uh, uh you know Bobby Flay or anybody like that. I'm just a uh, you know pretty simple, straightforward you know uh, guy that can just you know cook on the grill and really enjoy it. Actually, you know, kind of relaxing and and therapeutic, where you can just hang out there and listen to some good music and and have you know uh, a nice Mountain Dew, you know, or cherry coke or whatever. So. Important follow up here. What goes on your hot dog? I'm a plain hot dog guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a Nathan's hot dog, uh, uh, plain. Good choice. Um, hot dog. And, uh, 
just always been um, you know, pretty pretty plain in that re- that regard. You know, I'm a dipper. You know, so like maybe you know might dip it in some hot uh, uh, ketchup or. You know, I'm a barbecue guy, so you know, barbecue sauce is my, my go-to. My wife is trying to cut me cut me back on that, but I, I kind of like it. almost all those type of you know hamburgers, you know, hot dogs with, with some level of barbecue sauce on it. All right, Coach Sutton. So coming up here next month, you're going to have some Coach Tang basketball camps. There's going to be three next month. But I've noticed when I was doing some research about you and you were coming on the show, I got to ask you just the best questions here about your about your time. You have actually quite a bit of experience working in some big-time camps with the LeBron James Skills Academy, the Michael Jordan mm-hmm, Flight mm-hmm. School, Nike All-American mm-hmm. Camp. Mm-hmm. Who did you run into that turned into a big star? Who who really stood out to you from those camps? Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's a lot of people, but I'm just going to go with, go with one. Um, my very first camp uh, – at the at the Kobe Bryant camp in in, in California, uh, Steph Curry, <laughs> and uh, I actually played against his dad, uh, Dell Curry, who was a heck of an athlete back in uh, Central Virginia. He actually won a state basketball championship and then uh, went on to uh, won a, a high school basketball championship and then went to Virginia Tech. So I played against Dell, and so Steph was just coming, you know, coming to camp, and, and he looked like a you know really really little small kid. And uh, and now he's just one of the best players in the world, and uh, and I absolutely love watching him. But um, he was just great. I mean, he was just like I think it was after his freshman year at Davidson College, and he was one of the counselors, and and he came there to uh, to camp, and he did a tremendous job of uh, working with the with the, the, the with the high school kids. But then he you could see that he had a work ethic that was going to really, really propel him to be a great player because he did the early work with the college uh, players in the morning. He shot at, at noontime whenever they had an opportunity, and then at late at night they did a workout, and then they got to play. Um, and he was always one of the first ones there, one of the last ones to leave. So Steph Curry was uh, you know, one of the counselors at that camp. But it was, it's, it was numerous and numerous guys that have, that have come through there and at those skills academies that, have, that are in the NBA now that are doing – uh, having great careers, and I remember when you know Kevin Durant and, and Kevin Love both were young kids there at camp, and they were sophomores, and you knew that they were going to be you know good, but you didn't have any idea that they would be uh, perennial all stars. Uh, but you just knew that they were going to be fantastic players. But this is a lot of other players that I could name off. What an awesome opportunity that was for you! But now, now that you're here with K State here in Manhattan, coming up next month will be the first opportunity for K State fans. Of uh, of course, young fans along with their parents as well to experience a Jerome Tang in this new K State men's basketball staff their first camp. So, what details can you tell me about the camps that are coming up next month? Yeah, you know, our first camp on June tenth and June eleventh will be our parent child camp. We're super excited about that. There are two sessions that are you know run. The first one runs at you know from five you know and on the tenth, and then uh, the other one starts at noon on on the eleventh. You know, but we're really, really excited about the opportunity to uh, take, you know, a parent and a child through some of the simulated workouts. We got a lot of shooting contests and we got a lot of giveaways. But more importantly, we want them to get acclimated to, to us and introduce them to Coach Tang and our staff and our players. Um, and we just have, a, you know, we're, we're really excited about the opportunity that we have to, to teach the game of basketball. And we want to teach um, for the we want to teach to the parent and to the child some drills that they can take home 
and that they can do on a weekend. Um, and so a lot of the drills will be that they don't even act, actually have to have the basket. You know, a lot of ball handling drills, a lot of hand-eye coordination drills, a lot of weak hand development. So say, for example, a father that wants to work out with their son or daughter or, or on the weekend, they can feel very, very confident and they will have learned some drills and, you know, taken away, a, you know, some notes on drills that they can use over the weekend. Or if a parent is uh, an AAU coach or, you know, a youth coach, then they can feel confident in putting their team or, uh, you know, son or daughter players and cousins or whatever through, uh, through a workout or through a practice because they have, will have a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, and also the shooting and also the, the contest, you know, just creating a competitive environment so they can win some prizes. Well, K-State family and friends, make sure to go to Coach Jerome Tang basketballcamps.com to get more information and sign up to learn the game of basketball from Jerome Tang, the staff, and also the players as well. But Coach Kevin Sutton, greatly appreciate your time. It was an honor to talk to you. I'm sure we'll meet in person sometime soon. Uh, good luck with your trip to Florida, and, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, well, fantastic. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And then when I get back to, to Manhattan, and I welcome the opportunity to meet you in person. And if I can ever help you in any way, uh, please don't hesitate to, to reach out to me um, you know, via text, via phone, and or in person. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coach. Take care. That's Kevin Sutton, K-State Men's Basketball Director of Strategies at K-State. We'll take a timeout when we come back. It's Tuesday. That means my weekly top 10 is up next. This is a great Queensryche song. It's called Another Rainy Night. Oh, fitting. So, someone's being topical. Yeah. Wow. Queensryche. You know, I didn't even think about that. Sage just saw the title, <laughs> Another Rainy Night. I'm just all in on Queensryche. Yeah. I love Queensryche. And then, of course, this is from their best album, Empire. DG's like, nah, man, it's Operation Mindcrime. Yeah, man, I love that one. Queensryche, give me a break. You don't like Queensryche? Do you know any songs by Queensryche? No. Empire? Jet City Woman? I know Jet City Woman, yeah. Jet City Woman! That one? Yeah. yeah. And yet he's gainfully employed in the other Yeah, I know. Building. We don't play much Queensryche. No, well, no. Jet City Woman, though, we do. Let's be perfectly honest. There wasn't a lot of Queensryche to, to play. You just named the three songs, essentially, that... Got them. Silent Lucidity. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Silent Lucidity. Yeah, Lucidity. I lucidity, yeah, I, I messed like up, too. Silent Lucidity. I don't lucidity. like the guys that are lucidity. like... Lucidity. Lucidity. The guy from Queensryche seems like he takes one. himself really seriously. You know, like... Silent Lucidity. And he's like, Silent Lucidity. Yeah, like, had, get that crap. Had to play that in the old Top 40 days. Yeah. yeah. Well... That's Jeff Tate. Yeah, Jeff Tate seems like he's well. Like, Jet City Woman and and uh, what was the concept album they did? Yeah, where basically it was all tied together story style. I mean, trying to basically be Pink Floydish. Yeah, see, that didn't just, work. Come on, man, give me a break. Like, stop taking it so serious, Queens. Right? Even the name is. I don't know. It's like I mean, Queensryche seems name. like Queensryche seems like a show that was on Fox for three seasons about dragons and castles and Operation stuff. Mind Crime. Stinks. That's it. Operation Mind Crime. Yeah. Now Empire was called like a rock opera yeah. type of uh, yeah. type of album. 
You start talking op- rock opera on purpose, and I, I'm out of there. So the unique it. thing about Queensryche, I don't know if they still do for a very long time, though. There was actually two bands that toured as Queensryche. One of them was Jeff Tate with a bunch of random guys. And then the other Queensryche was the band Queensryche without Jeff Tate. Oof. It's because like they did a show in Brazil, and he started spitting on the band members. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And they're like, screw you, we're out. Yeah. Great White got the same way, where you had Jack doing one version of Great White, and you had the rest of the band on the other side of things. And then you have Foreigner, who uh, does have an original member left, but never really tours with them anymore. <laughs> Good God. Hey, what you, I'm in Great White, the band. Oh, yeah, the the original. No, the other one. Oh, God. The thing is, nobody would tell the di- could tell the difference, probably. No, they both Everybody stink. knows Jeff Tate, though. He, he's he got the bald head, even after he used to have very long black hair. Silent lucidity. Get out of here. Are you ready for my top ten this week? Yeah. Again, nobody knows what my top ten is every week. It's always a surprise. Oh, boy. This week's top ten was influenced by a story that came out last night. Nebraska. They announced that football has suspended the red balloon tradition. So what they would do is after every like after the first touchdown of every home game, they would release red balloons in the air. A lot more than 99. <laughs> now the reason they're shutting this all down is because there is a helium shortage. And of course this has to do with the war between the Ukraine and Russia. Dang. Russia just happens to be the biggest provider of helium. Who knew, right? No way. So uh, they're like, all right, there's not a whole lot of helium out there. It's going to cost us too much. We're just going to let this go for now, which is probably a good idea anyway. It's probably terrible for the environment. <laughs> there's farmers, you know, 200 miles away finding what? what's all these red blots in my cornfield. What's going on here? Some farmer in Kansas. A huge KSA fan. So I'm totally fine with just getting rid of that. Just get rid of that tradition. Once it's gone for a couple of years, nobody's going to care anymore anyway. So my top ten this week are college football traditions I've never really liked. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Number ten. Number ten, we go to East Lansing, and it has to do with Michigan State. Ever since that 300 movie came out, you know, about Spartans, Uh. you know, and the who, who. Who? Every Michigan State game, they have to do it. They play the one scene from the movie, and then the whole crowd goes, who? Who? I remember in high school, we did that. But that was when the movie came out. It came out in 2007. I was a junior in 2007. It was cool to do it. It was cool. But nobody has watched that movie in the last seven years. (laughs) It's time to let it go. Oh, man. Number nine. Number nine is the Ole Miss Walk of Champions. There's many programs that do this, but they will they walk through the Grove. And just they walk through the Grove to the stadium. K-State has now done it. They're doing it once again on the uh, West Bay parking lot. Many schools just do that walk where the fans can slap their hands and say, hey, good luck, go get them, as they enter the stadium. It's it's okay. But Ole Miss, they call theirs the Walk of Champions. Guys, the kicker is Ole Miss hasn't won a championship since 1963. Oh, boy. It's been almost 60 years since they've won a championship. Now, they have claimed three national championships, but the the key word there is claimed because they're all 
like 62, 59, 58 or something like that, where everybody just kind of picked a national champion, and if your name was picked out of the hat, you can claim it. But, which, by the way, all those years, they never fi- they did not finish in either one of those years, number one in the AP or coaches poll, <laughs> anything. Just people picked Boo. them. Yeah, it's it's so lame. They just Basically, why it's at number nine, just rename the thing. Don't call it the walk right. of champions. You're not champions. Number eight. Number eight is LSU's Go Tigers. But it's not G-O. It's yeah. G-E-A-U-X. They're trying to be, you know... With the culture of Louisiana, French, French Cajun, the Cajun talk or whatever. Not cool. The thing is, here's another kicker to that. If you put the, uh, of course, the G and then the E-A-U-X, the E-A-U-X is not pronounced with the G, go. It actually should be Joe. Right. And go in French is not G-E-A-U-X. It's actually like A-L-L-E-R. Whoa. Really? Has no one brought this up to them? Or are a lot of people bring it up all the time? No, I, don't, I just don't think people know. Wow. Or I, somebody just made it up one time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, oh, it, looks do it. it looks good. It looks great. It yeah. does, actually. It's a really cool word. It's just hmm. really incorrect. I, sure. I always chuckled about uh, the fact that uh, when Northern Colorado went to do their special for uh, Mexican Heritage Day, it basically comes down to... Uh, uh, Vamos. Go being vamos. Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Vamos, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Again, my top ten list this week, college football traditions. Never really like. They can go away forever. Number seven. We go back up to Lincoln. Nebraska's Lil Red. The worst mascot in college football. Ever. Yes. Even though, like, nationally, like, when it comes to, like, Mascot conventions and championships. Big Red has actually been kind of praised over the years. Little Red's another beast altogether. (laughs) Now I like the I like the other Cornhusker mascot, like the big beefy muscular guy wears the like Mm -hmm. cowboy looking hat, got a red button up, short sleeves. He's ready to go to work. He's ready to roll. I actually saw a suggestion today that Little Red. They could make a sacrifice out of, utilize uh, utilize nitrogen, and just go Hindenburg on him at the middle of the floor <laughs> of, at the uh, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Well, it's a blow-up doll that bounces on its head, <laughs> and it is to me, it's the closest thing when it comes to mascots. The closest thing to actually having a clown out there. It is right. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, where are we at? Number six. Number six. Ohio and Penn State using Seven Nation Army. Way too much. You guys need to figure it out. For sure. One of you can have it. The other finds some other song. <laughs> it is way overplayed in stadiums. Luckily, you know, K-State doesn't really do it that much, even with the band or over the PA with the actual song. You know, K-State came up with Joker and the Thief. That's a great kickoff song. I love it. It gets the people going, get great reaction, get the keys, get the clapping. But Seven Nation Army, I mean, I know like West Virginia uses it. Um, over in uh, England, a lot of soccer teams use For it. sure. Probably not just in England, all over Europe. It's just way too overused. But Ohio and Penn State use it the most. One of you can have it. The other one, ditch it, find something else. Hmm. I think that's fair. Number five. Number five of my top ten things when it comes to college football and traditions I've never liked. 
uh, live animals, but I'm not including dogs. So here, here's, here's where I'm at here. I'm talking Ralphie and Bevo. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be running around the field. No. Put in cages that are way too small, looking at grass that they can't eat. Mm. Meanwhile, dogs, I mean, they want to be there. They're out. They're by a field. They're watching a ball fly through the air. They want to play in the game. Yeah, they're hilarious. They love it out there. Yeah. But, I mean, rolling out a tiger, this isn't a zoo, guys. Nah, that's sad, man. The tigers and stuff, like, that's really sad. I like the bulldogs and stuff. That one, uh, the Georgia one, tried to bite that Auburn guy that one time. Sure. That, that was awesome. Is it bad of me to say that I love watching Ralphie run just so that I can see who gets picked off out of the uh, clan of them that are running alongside? No. Whoop. No. Lost it. See ya. I know a lot of people really like the Ralphie run. I've never seen it in person. It, it legit? gets your attention. It, yeah, absolutely legit. And those poor handlers are holding on for dear life. They do. They get messed up. <laughs> That's the only I thing mean, worth and, it. And on top of it, they're having to run that in cowboy boots. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's take some skill. There's no breaking. No. Number four. Number four on my list of the college football traditions I've never liked. Number four is Purdue's world's largest drum. Stands six feet, weighs 565 pounds. Purdue, that is not the largest drum in the world. I did the research. The largest drum in the world is in South Korea. It stands 19 and a half feet tall and weighs over 15,000 pounds. Now yeah. that is a drum. Yeah. Not that looking thing. <laughs> oh, now, come on. You've got Missouri that wants to claim it. You've got Texas that wants to claim it. You've got Purdue. that That's one of the marching band traditions of all time. Those three schools arguing about who has the bigger. Number three. I thought that was a good place to stop. Thank you. <laughs> Number three. Texas A&M's Midnight Yell. Oh, geez, yes. So where this all started was in 1931, a group of freshmen, they wanted to practice their chance, so they stood out in front of the school's YMCA building, and they kept it going every game, and more people would join in. They thought it was cool. Here's the deal. It's at midnight. Students of Texas A&M, do you need to go, this, go to this more than once or twice? Not, nonetheless, like 25,000 people. Do you have nothing better to do at midnight on a Friday night? You should be out partying. Have a good time. Go live up that college experience. You don't need to go to the midnight yell every time to learn the cheers and watch some wannabe farmer talk about how we're going to go. We're going to go beat up the hogs tomorrow. Uh-uh. It's odd. They're a cult, man. For real. They are a it's cult. It's an odd place. And it's it's weird. And my buddy loves Texas A&M, and he's always talking about it and how cool it would be. And I'm like, that sounds stupid. I wouldn't be either drinking or in bed getting ready for tomorrow. <laughs> Not going to the stadium to learn cheers? Give me a break. Mm-mm. Even if you don't know the cheers, go to a game. You'll learn it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. All right, we're wrapping up here. Number two. Number two on the college football traditions I've never liked. Auburn's Rolling Tumors Corner. Hmm. Never liked it hmm. because to me, when you toilet paper things, <laughs> that's a prank. Yeah. That is uh, you either doing to somebody you really like or somebody you really don't like. And the next morning they see it out in the yard, be like, oh, those hooligans again. <laughs> now I got to spend the morning getting my broom out and trying to pluck this toilet paper out of my tree. Ugh. Harsh. Have you ever had been TP'd? 
stinks, dude. Uh, I have done some TPing myself. Yes. Uh, I have never, because I lived in a different town than everybody, like hardly nobody that I grew up with lived in that town. They were going to drive all the way to Morgan da- <laughs> Morganville to get my house. Yeah. Waste of time. Let's go get other people's houses in Clay yes. Center. Um, the thing is, though, like, so Auburn will do this, of course, when they pull off a big upset, big road victory, or they beat Alabama, and they roll Tumor's Corner, just absolutely flood the place with toilet paper. Guys, how about some mercy for the people that have to go clean that up the next day? True. It takes them literally from, I wouldn't say sun up to sundown, because I don't have those kind of numbers. <laughs> Did you hear that accent? Those, those that was my Auburn <laughs> accent. That's my Southern Alabama. Those. Those kind of numbers? Um. It takes them literally all day. We're talking multiple people to go clean that up afterwards. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Terrible. No. It gets into the gutter system. It clogs things. Up. I don't know about that. I'm trying to make things up now. <laughs> I understand where you're going, though. I mean, come on. I just think it's it. kind of silly to prank yourself like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, but finally. Number one. Number one is... God, after Boomer Sooner is the worst college football or college anything tradition of all time because they play it way too much. And even it's it's not a great fight song. And even to add to that, I mean, the whole lyrics are just Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner. That's all it is. I also the boomer schooner or whatever they call it. Somebody at some point is going to get decapitated. Somebody's going to die. Because when they pull that thing back into the tunnel, everybody on that thing has to duck their hands. They yeah. got to go to a 90 degree angle so they don't die. Yeah. How have they not renovated that some way <laughs> so they don't have to worry about that? And it's like every year somebody falls off the dang thing. I know. And it like it's about to tip over. It does tip over. It's weird. And yeah, you can't play boomer sooner after everything everything it doesn't matter what it is not only that they stole it from yale whoa ula bula 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 oh i didn't know that i did not so how about that that? oklahoma stealing something from an ivy league school whoa i mean come on it's It's not even the cool one i mean it's oklahoma they're you know the the sooners were used to stealing anyway they took the anyway whoa and a historical jab thank you thank you very nice That's how you end a top 10 right there. You go after historical stuff. You stole it from Yale and you stole the land you're on. Sooners, see ya. And now Lincoln Riley's getting them back by stealing their quarterback. Whoa. Too soon. Too soon. They'll get over it. No, they probably won't. No, they won't. All right, let's take a timeout. Uh, You know what? The Mahomes family is... uh, is offending me now. Oh, wait a minute. What did he do? What They're did the brother offending do? Me now. Uh, it's actually not the brother. Oh. And, and it's and it's not the wife. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because they're they're public enemies number one and two. Yeah, I saw something earlier today. It assault it insulted me. We'll go after that when we come back. Hmm. One of the most disappointing, I shouldn't say disappointing before I say shows, but there was a show I missed out on I was really disappointed about, but it just didn't come around here. I really wanted to go with Santana and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh. They toured together. I thought that'd be that an have been incredible hot. Yeah. show. That would have been hot. Man, that's definitely Carlos Santana, man. 
Amazing, amazing guitar player. I, God, I wish I could see him. I'm winning still ranks as one of the most underrated songs in my personal opinion, by the way, just off of his library. Mm. Going to finish up hour one of the game because uh, running up here at the top of the hour, but Randy Mahomes is now in the news. You know, everybody gets annoyed with Brittany, now Brittany Mahomes, for her screaming or maybe drunk screaming at games celebrating and people think that's annoying i don't think that's really a great way to a great reason to just be hateful on social media about a person just because they're a little bit annoyed or annoying whatever but then you have uh the brother what's his name jackson jackson he seems like just a giant turd doesn't he you know like that's the thing i think Brittany mahomes um she is like if if you took me and you put me under the microscope that she's put un, under, you'd go, he sucks. He's annoying. Look at him. Every face I make, you'd be like, oh, what's that mean? It would be awful. But Jackson Mahomes seems to, like, want it a little bit. You know what I mean? He He's like, I don't care what I've done. The, like, the TikToks, like, on, I mean, you know, Sean Taylor's number, dude. Like, that's that's messed up. It's messed up. Now, I'll, I'll honestly forgive him for that because I don't think he had a friggin' clue. Yeah, that's true. Now, has has the mom, Randy, has she done anything that really bothered people? So she kind of came to the, the defense of Brittany and Jackson, which any good mom would. Absolutely. That's what happens. She's not going to go, yeah, he stinks. She's going to come to their defense. Um, but, they, yeah, I mean, they're all kind of seem a little bit too much. I'll say that. Well, maybe this is the thing that people look at and be like, really? Is this what we're doing? Okay, so I was actually a little bit offended by this. Now, hear me out. Oh, boy. So Randy, Patrick Mahomes' mother, has come out with a line of handbags. Now, they're not your ordinary handbags. They got her own personal logo on them, Hmm. which is QBP, which stands for Quarterback Producer. Oh, and they're also clear backs. Wait, wait, it's wait, not it's not uh, quarterback Pat. No, quarterback <laughs> producer. Ugh, right there already. I'm, now I'm starting to change my tune a little bit here. Oh boy, go ahead. Keep now she is making these handbags that are clear because Arrowhead Stadium is a clear bag policy. Which, by the way, that hasn't sped up the process of actually getting into the place. It Ooh. is an absolute nightmare to get into Arrowhead Stadium. It is awful. It That one experience that I had last year at the Cowboys game makes me not want to go to a game again mm. because it was so bad. It took literally 45 or 50 minutes after getting in line, which was it, it was deep. It was a deep line, but it moved so slowly. Yeah. Missed like the first five minutes of the game. That was extremely irritating yeah, it's awful. after getting in line what felt like to be early. Mm-hmm. But the clear bag policy is a thing. And Randy Mahomes is selling these handbags. Now, you can also get like regular handbags, but they're in the style of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's got a, a, a yellow or gold, whatever you want to call it, stripe in the middle and then the two red stripes on the sides. And it's got the number 15. So clearly, it's in representation of Patrick Mahomes. She is selling these clear bags for $88. To me, that is an insulting price. You could get a Patrick Mahomes jersey <laughs> for like $10 more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
But the, the, it's insanely priced small handbags Oof. that have her son's number on it, and she's making an insane profit on them. And she's gonna sell sell them like hotcakes. They're gonna sell. That's like the thing. Cakes. People are gonna buy. I just I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think people will buy them. I just think the price is absolutely crazy. insane. It's crazy. I think the cheapest one is like seventy nine. But if you want the actual bag that can have like a blanket in it, yeah, you're looking at like 88, 90 bucks. And that's not including tax and shipping. Yeah. Hour two of the game is up next.